twirled yeah, around. Yeah, he twirled her around. And, and, and you look at D'Angelo. D'Angelo like, mother, yeah, you, yeah. yo, you doing this? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she didn't resist either, though. That was the other thing I peeped out. But she realized she's in, look, she's like, okay, I already got D'Angelo. Yeah. But he worked for them. Yeah. So if they want to do something, he will understand that I'm doing this either for him and us or at least for me. So yeah. that was <laughs> yeah, 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 and and the ladies who watch the show will say it was Idris Elba. I twirl too. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, so that, that PMF. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Welcome to the Vino and Convo podcast with Fletch and Couch. Yeah. I'm Howard Fletcher and I'm here with Aaron Couch. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, as you all know, we're going through all 60 episodes of The Wire while also sharing some good wine from the DMV. Mm-hmm. Today's wine is a 2019 rosé from winemaker Stephen Rigby of Boxwood Winery in Middleburg, Virginia. Oh, yeah. It's a lovely country down there. Uh, that's a winery that's owned by John Kent Cook, and his uh, father famously owned the Burgundy and Gold. <laughs> yeah, you just had to throw that in there. I had to throw that all one right, in there. Okay, and, all right. You know, <laughs> I'm not so you know excited about the name of the team, but I do like the team. The, and and look, they did have uh, Doug Williams. I did cheer for th- I cheered for Doug Williams that year. So uh, I give you that. I give Great. you that. I give you that. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are on episode two. Episode two is called The Detail. And as you all know, at the beginning of every episode, there is a quote from one of the cast members or one of the characters in that. And this one comes from somebody you don't hear from too often. It's Marla Daniels. That's uh, Lieutenant Daniels' wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Her quote is, you cannot lose if you do not play. You know what? I want to talk later about that quote because I just like the way that he was interacting with her at dinner. Yeah. And she broke that down. So I definitely want to make sure that when we get to that later, mm-hmm. that we talk about how she was, the advice she gave him after you watch it and after you look at it again, you're like, you know what? That was pretty damn good. She basically told us something that we'll hit at later. Yeah. So, she yeah. is one of the more sage, wise people in the show. Mm. And he's. He's lucky to have her as a wife, even though we'll see how that goes later on. Okay. All All right. right. (laughs) Foreshadow. Right. Foreshadow. (laughs) All right. We open up in the morgue on this case. Uh, William Gant, the poor working man, down in the morgue with a bullet in his head. Yeah. Bunk and uh, McNulty are down there looking at the body, listening to the coroner, the coroner saying he died of a bullet to the head. That pancaked on the other side of his skull. And and uh, Bunk makes the comment, because here's one of the running kind of themes you'll see in police work. Uh, they want these things to be anything but a murder that they can solve. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. You think, another, no, no, I think the solving part is really not the thing. I think solving it connects it to something else that they don't want to happen. Well, you, you, well, that they have to investigate. I'll put it that way. Oh, they don't want to do that legwork. Yeah. Yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't have to actually... If there was a smoking gun, that's fine. But, yeah. you know, Bunk, this guy, let's let's identify for those who haven't 
been watching the show or haven't seen this episode yet. Mm-hmm. William Gant is the witness in the D'Angelo Barksdale trial. He's the one who put the finger on D'Angelo and said, that's the guy I saw shoot the man in the tower. Yeah. Now D'Angelo was acquitted, but they wanted to send a message, and William Gant is now dead. Mm-hmm. And Bunk makes a comment that you can, he is, yeah, that is the witness, but you can catch a bullet on the street at any time in Baltimore, so we don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, yeah, you know. And you know what? He had a point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he had a valid point, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Although that's not good for Jimmy McNulty. He thinks this guy was executed because he was the witness. And he has a very good reason to think that. Yeah. 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 So. All right. So this is called the detail. The detail is the description of the. The Avengers, the group that they put together. Yeah, the the, the crew, the 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 Avengers. That's putting them. That's putting it. Uh, that's exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, they put together what they call a major crimes unit. They right. are investigating somebody who's been identified as the kingpin, and that is Avon Barksdale. Although nobody knows who Avon Barksdale is at this point. Nope, not yet. Not that. And so they put this very important unit down in the bowels of the Baltimore or of the Western, is it the Western District? They're in the Western District. They're in the Western District, District. yeah, yeah. yeah They're in the Western District, remember? Yeah. They are down in what looks like a dungeon. Dude, I'm like, how did they even get down there? It was just like, they had to open up like crazy doors and (laughs) and then anybody could have got the drop on them when they got to that spot. It was dark as I don't know what in that place. It was dark. Yeah, yeah. And you hear all kinds of machines going in the background. Rats. Just rats. Rats, everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So they get down there and you see people that, and I love this description, I don't know who is it, I guess it's McNulty, they describe as humps. Oh, yeah. they, They gave them like a couple of Detectives who are on the back ends of their career. These guys are drunks. They pretty much go out and drink all day. Yeah. And yeah. they threw this unit together because the uh, the higher ups, and we'll get into this later, really don't necessarily want to break this case wide open. They they don't even want to really touch it. They don't want to deal with it. One thing that they keep talking about, main reason why they don't want to deal with it, is it takes away manpower from units that they need people on, like McNulty. Yeah. Yes. So so they just like putting together this little unit, see what they get, and then move on. It's, 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 it's a lot of bureaucracy in that, and it just makes it so that they just got a, a jacked-up crew. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, real jacked-up crew. Well, McNulty, again, makes a mistake and talks to his friend, the judge, and tells him that the witness was shot in the head. The, the guy who... Uh, Finger, they got to finger D'Angelo Barksdale, even though he was acquitted. Mm-hmm. And McNulty basically says, this guy got executed because he testified against the Barksdale crew. No, so, no, no. Let's, let's back up a little bit. You said McNulty accidentally talked to the judge. Uh, if I said that, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I, he, he intentionally spoke to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure we're on the same page with that. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he wanted them to take the case more seriously. Well, the judge right. takes it seriously. He wanted to let the judge know that the department is not taking it seriously, and he feels like he needs some more manpower. Right, right. So, meanwhile, at the pit, which I love the pit, D'Angelo gives Putin Wallace a lesson about capitalism when they talk about chicken nuggets. Woo, the chicken nugget scene. Yeah. Yeah, on the orange couch. 
Class is in session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Poot and Wallace, uh, and they're probably 14, I guess, 15 years old. Yeah, they're in that age, 14 and 15. I think, uh, I think uh, oh yeah, Poot and Wallace, yeah, they're 14 and 15, yeah. And Wallace is a young Michael B. Jordan, for those yeah. who haven't seen it. Yep. And uh, he doesn't even look, if you've never seen, if you had never seen him when he was young and he just came back, you might not even recognize him. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. My <laughs> wife had to point it out to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he, he is a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, he, you know, he makes a comment about the about how they're mystified that the guy was able to take <laughs> the, 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 the bone all the way out the chicken. Yo, Jim, you want some nuggets? Nah, go ahead, man. Man, whoever invented these, oh, he off the hook. What? Mm. Motherfucker got the bone all the way out the damn chicken. Till he came along, niggas been chewing on drumsticks and shit, getting their fingers all greasy. He said, later for the bone. Snug at that meat up and make some real money. You think the man got paid? Who? Man who invented these. Shit, you richer than a motherfucker. Why? You think you get a percentage? Why not? Nigga, please. The man who invented them things, just some sad ass down at the basement of McDonald's. Thinking up some shit to make some money for the real players. Nah, man, that ain't right. Fuck right. It ain't about right. It's about money. Now, you think Ronald McDonald gonna go down that basement and say, hey, Mr. Nugget, you the bomb. We selling chicken faster than you can tear the bone out. So I'm gonna write my clowny ass name on this fat ass check for you. Shit. And the nigga who invented them things, still working in the basement for regular wage, thinking of some shit to make the fries taste better, some shit like that. And this is one to file away because uh, this is one of the first times of many, actually, that Mm -hmm. D'Angelo shows his wisdom and how smart he is. Yet he does some bonehead things in this in this series. He's a what you said. He's your you figure right now. He's you consider the most complex character. I just don't understand it. No, because it's like, wow, you're gonna do something real smart. You're breaking it down to these kids. Hey, it makes sense. But then you're gonna go off and you know, shoot somebody in the tower, you know? So, so yeah, yeah, he's he, he's not balanced properly. He's not wired. <laughs> he's not wired for this, as we say. So, he is, but yeah. he's a necessary character. In fact, if I, I would, I think it's safe to say if a lot of things have to happen for this plot to go forward, but I would think it's safe to say that if D'Angelo Barksdale did not exist, mm-hmm. we would have no story. No, we wouldn't have. You're right. It would be no story. We we wouldn't know all these people right now. We have to wait for another case. Somebody else had to be the prime person that opened it up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but see, D'Angelo has to be Avon's nephew. See, if if this was Bodie, if D'Angelo, if this was Stinkum or anybody, okay, it wouldn't you. It wouldn't get to Avon. See, it has to be a Barksdale. I see what you're saying. It's the connection, the yeah. family connection. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. We would. I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right. Well, Daniels, he goes to see the DA who's been assigned to the uh, special crimes unit and that's Rhonda Perlman and he's trying to get her get more help yeah and you know she she he goes in her desk is piled with cases you know you can't even you know they're passing you need to set this scene right here now you this when he, when Daniels goes to her mm-hmm. and when he they walk off the elevator they're going past just you see all these people working and every desk is just piled with just stacks and stacks 
of paperwork, stacks and stacks of paperwork. And so she's like, apparently you're thinking she's in charge. So we get to her office. Her office looks like everybody else's <laughs> desk, you know? So yeah. so it's just yeah. like, okay, now I see. All right, so she, if Daniels is talking to her, she's listening with limited time. And yeah. he's got to make sure he's got something solid for her to even move on it. So because, they, look, they're already showing all the paperwork stacked up on on place so you kind of get an idea that everybody's overwhelmed yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So she's she pretty much tells him that in order for her or anyone else to stick their neck out, they better have something other than just we need some more help. They need to have a solid case. Yeah, yeah. You know. Can you blame them? No. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely not. And this is this is one of the it, it's the second episode, but mm-hmm. they start to show Police work is not only the work you do on the street, it's the bureaucracy and the politics behind the scenes as well. Yeah, learning, learning how to work with others in other departments to get it done yeah. for the common good. Right, yeah. and in order to get your case solved, you need to do a lot of horse trading. Yeah, there's a lot of horse trading going on. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. yeah, Everybody wants to make sure they cover their ass for giving somebody a favor or something they can blow back in their face. Absolutely. So, yeah. So Kima takes... Uh, Carver and Herc, those are my uh, those are my two guys. I think I called them Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, she takes them up to uh, the rooftops, on the rooftops, because they're going to stake out the towers. Mm-hmm. And they want to see what's going on down there. Now, meanwhile, we see Bubbles, and Bubbles is the heroin addict who is Kima's uh, informant. Right, yeah. Bubbles comes up with a bag of hats. And he starts putting hats on these guys, trying to sell them $5 hats. One of the hats is red, and Kima is taking pictures of them. Right. Now, Herc and Carver, she hasn't even, this is what I think is funny. She doesn't even explain to Herc and Carver what's going on, because I think she's figured out it doesn't make a difference. I'm not going to waste my time. It, it really does Explaining what's going Be, on. Because what, what are they asking her about while they're up there? What, what are they oh, asking? Well, Carver's asking her, you know, why does she... Kima is uh, a lesbian, Kima, yeah. and so he's asking her, why doesn't she like men? And when did she find out? Yeah, and when did she find yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how is that relevant to what we're trying to get done right now? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like their mind is always someplace else. They want to know when can they go beat somebody up. So right. that's that, that seems to be, in my opinion, that they want, they're gun-ho. They got this whole vision of being a police officer that that takes them away from actually doing actual real police work sometimes. But... <laughs> But we'll get to that later. Now, there are two spots. Again, I'm going to set the scene for people who don't watch the show. We've got the towers, which are high-rises, which Mm -hmm. are in the perception of, of at least of that culture of the drug dealers, is a better place to be selling. And then there's the pit, which is down what they call the low-risers, which are like small, one-level red brick apartments. And there's a a dirt courtyard Mm -hmm. where there's an orange couch. And that's where... Preston and Bodie, well, Preston and Bodie, same person, Poot and D'Angelo. So McNulty and Bunk, who are homicide police now, they visit the pit. Yeah. And they come and sit down right next to Bodie and D'Angelo, who are having a conversation by the orange couch, Mm. which is symbolic. In fact, I have a little trivia I found out about the orange couch. I'll tell you later. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. But Uh, 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 they, uh, they sit down and... They start, you know, they just sit down by them. And uh, McNulty finds a bile and 
D'Angelo says, don't put that on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a witness. You ain't going to put that one on me. He a witness. You pick that shit up off the ground, so don't be trying to push shit on me. Like, what do you think I'm about? Boy thinks I'm going to dirty him. Mm. Like, I won't do it. Yeah, Western knockos come around here picking shit up off the ground, putting it on whoever you damn well please, man. Do I know you? Let's understand each other. I'm not Western District. I'm not a knocko. I don't dirty people because I don't give a shit about a possession charge. I'm a murder police. I'm here about the bodies. D'Angelo here knows that. He remembers me from the trial, right? I'm sitting in back there behind Stringer, watching, listening. Y'all hassling me about that shit? I thought you heard what the jury had to say. Oh, fuck the jury. Yeah, fuck the jury. This is just us talking, right? It's just you, me, my partner, and... What do you say your name was? I didn't say shit. Just you, me, my partner, Mr. Shit here. And soon after that, Bodie leaves. <laughs> as, some, as one should. Yeah, yeah. Bodie's like, I'm out of here. I got no reason to be here. I'm gone. Yeah, he t- and he tells the cast to come with him. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, D'Angelo stays. And uh, Bunk and uh, McNulty sit there and talk to D'Angelo. And D'Angelo is, you know, D'Angelo had just gotten off of this murder beef. And, um, you know, they, you know, banter back and forth. And D'Angelo tries to get up and leave. And Bunk says, oh, uh-uh, no, no sir. No, 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 that's, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah. You, you come up with us. Yeah. So they don't arrest him. D'Angelo doesn't ask if he's being arrested. And he, he goes with them. Yeah, he just leaves with them. Yeah. Yeah, he leaves with them. He gets, you know, he gets handcuffed. And while he's getting handcuffed, Bodie has already returned with Stringer and the rest of the crew. Because well, well, let's talk about this for a second because I'm really, I'm really kind of curious as to why do you think he just got up and left with them? He's not being arrested. My, my, my thought on this is that, okay, look, I'm in charge of the... I'm in charge of the pit right now. Mm-hmm. The guys are going away. These guys are talking about come with them. Okay, I go with them. The guys can do their work and get stuff done. I'm not going to say anything because all of this is BS. I'm just going to play the role right now. Mm-hmm. Is that how you're thinking why he might have gone with them? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think it, it, at this point, at yeah, you know, he just got acquitted from a murder charge. Yeah. He knows that he doesn't have any drugs on him. Right. There he said they're not taking him for any drugs. So I think he thought at that point, it's better for me not to resist mm-hmm. and just go with them. Yeah. yeah. But he put himself in the position to go with them, I think, by just staying there. You know, and luckily Bodie left to go do what I would think one would want to do when mm-hmm. the homicide police come down to the spot is go tell the higher ups the murder police are down at the spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and that's what, and that's what Bodie does. And yeah. so they come back just in time to see D'Angelo getting uh, taken away by yeah. uh, by Bunk and McNulty. And also, they got some additional information. They got, uh, they got Stringer's license plate number. So yeah. they got that. So they got some more information they can follow up on as well. So... Uh, Bunk and Bodie got their little their little thing working, and it's working well. They know how to work well together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody I left off when I talked in the beginning when I said they were uh, assembling the Avengers is <laughs> one of these other guys. He's not a hump necessarily, but he's a kind of a fuck up as they say. Pres- a huge one. A Pres- huge one. Yeah, Presbulewski. 
Presbaluski. Yeah. Yep. Presbaluski is the nephew of one of the higher ups. I think a major in the at the Eastern District. Eastern District. Yeah, they okay. talked about that. Yeah, they they. I think uh, uh, Faison's character he he broke it down. He mentioned that right there. Yeah. So Daniels goes to talk to Burrell and tries to get Presbaluski off of his detail. Not gonna happen. He said, "Yeah, I got I got to get this guy off. Mm-hmm. He's already uh, accidentally shot off a gun <laughs> down in the in the room by accident. Just you know, his, he forgot that they, he had left the one in the in one the in the chamber, yeah, in the one chamber. in the chamber, one in the chamber. Yeah, yep. And so he accidentally shot a bullet into the wall. But Burrell says, "No, that's not going to happen because of who he's related to. You got to keep this guy." Yeah. So Daniel said, well, look, if I got to keep this knucklehead, at least give me somebody I can work with. So he's told him he's going to send this brother named Sidnor down there mm-hmm. who is uh, uh, apparently he's an able detective. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's and he's uh, he's a real cop. Yeah. Yeah. He said, OK, that'll balance it out for you. Yeah. 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 And he's black, which. It means a lot on this detail because he can at least send him down to do some undercover work. Where right. Pres Belusky could not do any undercover work whatsoever. Right. So, all right. So, then we get one of two, I think, classics. The second of the class. I think the first classic scene of this uh, episode was the Chicken McNugget scene. <laughs> the, the second one is McNulty and Bunk, once they've gotten D'Angelo back in the uh, precinct, when they interrogate, mm-hmm. they uh, take him back to the room. Daniels doesn't really, you know, Daniel still doesn't trust McNulty at all. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He just feels like he's going to mess everything up. He just feels like anything he tries to get done the way he needs to get it done, McNulty's going to probably throw a wrench in it. Yeah. Yeah. So he sends Kima mm-hmm. in there with Bunk and McNulty to interrogate D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. So. And now understand this while we're watching this scene. All right. Understand that D'Angelo is not under arrest. They haven't charged him with anything. No. They're not asking him about something that they're accusing him of doing. Mm-hmm. They went in there just to tell him, oh, guess what? By the way, William Gant, the guy who testified against you, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell, let us tell you all about it. I mean, the thing of it is, I can't see any reason for that man to be dead. I can't. I mean, hell, you beat us in court. We don't take it personal. Fuck no. We get paid either way. It's not like you did anything real bad. Throwing a couple of hot ones at Pooh Blanchard. I mean, no one's gonna miss that motherfucker, right? But you know the man who got killed this time? You know what that poor son of a bitch was? A citizen. Worked every goddamn day of his life. You know that? He would get up every day, go out, and do maintenance work. Then on the weekends, he was driving a cab out to the airport. Two jobs. And he volunteers what little time he has left at his church. Church going man. A Bethel man. A deacon. Two jobs and three kids. Did you know that? Three kids. Young, too. Five, eight, eleven. Crying their little orphan asses to sleep over this shit because they lost their mama some years ago. And now they're out there on their own. And you can tell in this, while, while they're telling him this, mm-hmm. that... Unlike a lot of those guys, the guys who we've met so far in this series, D'Angelo is moved by this. 
you know, he's not just angered or upset that uh, this guy was killed and he was kind of unnecessarily killed because D'Angelo did get off. He did get acquitted. They didn't kill him because they didn't want him to testify. He had right. already testified. Right, right. But right. they wanted to send a message that this is what happens when you do testify. Right, right. And so they pretty much just tell D'Angelo that. And D'Angelo looks very guilty about it. Where my lawyer at? We called him. When he gets here, we'll let you know. I got nothing to say. I'm, I'm sorry for the man, but I ain't got nothing to say. You sorry? You sorry for him? You fucking killed the man. No. Yes, you did. I mean, we don't think that you, uh, you know, shot him or anything. But if you weren't so busy lighting folks up in the high-rise lobby, he ain't coming out of the elevator and seeing it happen. You don't see anything. He doesn't testify. He doesn't testify. Those kids have still got a daddy to lean on. But why he testify? How the fuck should we know? Well, he ain't had to testify. No, he didn't, but he did. And you still beat the charge, didn't you? Yeah, but that wasn't enough, was it? It's not enough to beat the murder. They gotta send a cold message to everyone in the terrace. Fuck the working man. Fuck his kids. That shit don't count. See, that's what I don't get about the drug money. Why can't you sell the shit and walk the fuck away? You know what I mean? But it's, it's funny at the end when you hear the whole story. Mm-hmm. They show him a picture of these kids. Mm-hmm. And they say, these are his children. They'll never see their daddy again. And then you come to find out there's a picture of Bunk's kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So they do play him a little bit. But that that was good, though, how they did yeah, that, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, then something happens that those people who watch The Wire, have watched The Wire, will watch The Wire. This seems to be one of the more controversial scenes that happens, or things that happen during the course of The Wire. It's only episode two. They ask D'Angelo. They get D'Angelo. They say, look, okay, we know you didn't kill him. But we all know that he got killed because of what he did testify in your murder case. Yeah. So why don't you write a letter to the family? Just tell them that, you know, you think you feel bad about the father getting killed. Dude, about- that <laughs> right there, man. It's just the writing the letter right there. Yeah. And and D'Angelo, at this particular point, he feel I, I think they set the mood to make him feel like he's part of the family. Right. He, he's part of the family. You're understanding how we feel about it. Right. Why don't you go ahead and write a letter and tell him how we feel about it? Yeah, I'm right. going to write a letter. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like, yo, how did they do this? Yeah. And Kim is back there like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, wow. Yeah, now yeah. I've spoken to, you know, there's some people who feel like, oh, well, nobody would have ever done this. Mm. And it is, I would say, out of the norm for somebody who is as high up on the chain, meaning... By blood, not necessarily, you know, you, right now D'Angelo is running the pit, which while that's a position of responsibility, yeah, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's lower middle management. Yeah, well, it's say. a demotion. You remember, yeah, man, he, yeah. was, he was running the tower. Right. You remember right. that? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. yeah, it's a demotion. Yeah. And he should know better. That's why, that's, that's what one would think. However, like I said, I know he's complex. He's complex. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I've just been aware of things in real life through associations that there are some people make some really dumb knuckleheaded decisions under police interrogation, regardless of what you what might be romanticized out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while somebody is, as they say, streetwise. Yeah. They seem to, some, mm-hmm. seem to lose some of that wisdom. 
Well, or some of that 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 uh, wit under pressure. Right, right, and he just got through uh, talking to them about the chicken nuggets, you know, and right. how to be smart and what's going on. Right, and yet now he's in the midst of this, and he's not realizing his position. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So, right. Mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, he starts to write this letter, but their lawyer. Meanwhile, as we know, uh, Stringer and his, the rest of his associates saw him being led away. They put in a call to Levy, their lawyer, mm-hmm. who busts in the room. And tells him to stop writing and don't say anything. Dude, he comes in there, man. He's like, it's like, he's like, what, what the, the fuck? Are stop you? writing now. Just right. shut up. He calls his lawyer. That's supposed to be the end of the interview. The client gave no statement. We took no statement. He just decided voluntarily to write a letter to the victim's family. To say, shut up. Any charge here? No charge. But get up. Go walk. Listen to me. If you don't say anything, you don't do anything. You don't write anything. Yeah, you, you know, is yeah. that was wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, most of these most of these guys yeah. have a, a, a bad relationship with police. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. sure most of the time, Levy's going in there with somebody who's not talking, or in the worst, in the other case, is has been beaten up <laughs> yeah, by yeah. the so, police. Yeah, so now he's like, okay, you're not either of those situations. Yeah. Those, he, so why are you even writing? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, didn't, yeah, he yeah. didn't understand. He didn't expect to walk in and see this guy writing yeah. a letter to the family. Nah. So he grabs him out of there. He he smacks him in the back of his head, which that was the one thing I thought was kind of <laughs> unrealistic. But, uh, you know, they he, he smacks him in front of the whole precinct. In and, the whole, in front of everybody. Yeah. In front of everybody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was wild. That and, was wild. And he gets, he gets him out of there. So yeah. he wrote this letter. Well, he was in the middle of writing this letter right. to the family. Right. Uh, but he gets bailed out before he finishes. Now, McNulty and uh, Kima... I think it was on the scene. Take that letter to Daniels because they want to take that letter and go to the DA and say, we want to present this as a way to investigate further on this murder of William uh, Gant. Right, right, right. You know, they're saying that, yeah, yeah, he didn't admit to it. He didn't admit. He didn't admit to it. but But why would he be feeling guilty about this if he didn't know or have a good reason to believe that his family was uh, responsible for this murder. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And but so. Daniel says, no, this is too vague. We can't get anywhere with this. I'm not taking it. I'm not going with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so. And, and, and that tri- and that's when I feel, in my opinion, Daniel is the one I just can't figure out right now. It's like, okay, you want to try to get something done. You want to try to move it in that direction where you can uh, get the leverage you want, get the type of equipment you want, but yet McNulty is trying to bring you something that, hey, look, at least present it. But he doesn't even want to present that information. He just feels like it's it's just BS and won't help in any way at all. So, Well, the way Daniels, I think, is looking at this is, He's looking at it politically. That's the thing. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's always looking at that angle. And yeah. he's been told, in so many words, that look, we just want to get that we got this judge who's interested about mm-hmm. this case. So what we need to do is bust some people that we can convict right, on right. murder and narcotics charges, exactly. and then we're going to throw this whole thing away. 
Yeah. We don't necessarily even need to get this Avon Barksdale guy. And that and that right there irks McNulty. Right. That that irks McNulty. He's right. like, dude, how, how you guys talk about really doing? You're just trying to fill some numbers up. Right. If you really want to take care of the problem, we got to go after Avon Barksdale. Right. And yeah. it's been made clear that Daniels is in line to become a major. Yeah. And, and you point that out. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so all he wants to do is please his higher upper management and do got this. Got to please the boss. Yeah. That's got right. to please the boss, and, man. And make as few waves as possible. Yeah. So from that, from the precinct, we go down to where it looks like a, a rec center. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it looks like it was a rec center, yeah, because yeah, it has some hoops and stuff. But talking about for the. Uh, the barbecue, right? right yeah, right, yeah. Right, the ribs right, and right. all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we see this kingpin, Avon Barksdale. He's got an apron on and he's back in the kitchen and he's cooking, you know, he's getting the ribs ready to, to, to put on the barbecue. He takes on the role as the, the community leader, the person everybody looks up to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah almost yeah. the father figure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he takes the that father, on. Yeah. Father figure, you know, it kind of, it's kind of a throwback to, you know, in Goodfellas, you see Paulie. Paulie's always cooking. Yeah. Paulie's always cooking. Yeah. You're right. Paulie's <laughs> cooking. Yeah. 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 yeah nobody could cook like Paulie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie's always cooking. Yeah, so, yeah. so, um, you, D'Angelo shows up at this cookout. Now he's just been bailed out. Exactly. Look, look, just been bailed out. Yeah, just been bailed out. He brings his girl and his girl's little boy, who I'm assuming is D'Angelo's child. Dude, this scene, we <laughs> talked about this yeah. prior to us talking about the show. Yeah. This scene right here is a trip. Just break it down for yeah. him, Howard. So, break it down, so, man. Wow. So, they, so they come in. Yeah. And D'Angelo points out Avon is his uncle to his girl. So that's my uncle back there. And she looks back and sees him and says, that's your uncle? Yeah. But I don't know. You tell me. She was like, she's like, he doesn't look like I thought he would, what he would look like, you know? Yeah. yeah she's like yeah. shocked at that. That's your uncle? Yeah, it doesn't look the way I thought he would yeah, look. But yeah, but she looks kind of, into, to the way I read it was, yeah, she was surprised. She even says, I don't, he doesn't look like I expected him to look. But it also like, it might be like she might have did something with him before. Like, well, she's intrigued. Something. Yeah. Something, something going something's on. going on, yeah. There's something going on. And then Stringer, Comes into the scene. Stringer has no filter, man. <laughs> no, no. No, he has no, no filter and, at all. And Stringer, <clears throat> you know, kind of hits on his girl. You know, kind of. <laughs> did you say kind of, man? I did say kind of. Oh, man, come on, listen. Nice. Yeah, you being real nice. You know, that right there was just blatant. What did he say? Yo, turn around for me, yeah, honey. Yo. Yeah, he twirled around. Yeah, he twirled her around. And, and, and you look at D'Angelo. D'Angelo, like, mother. Yeah, yeah. Yo, you doing this? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But she didn't resist either, though. That was the other thing I peeped out. Well, she realized she's in. Look, she's like, okay, I already got D'Angelo. Yeah. But he worked for them. Yeah. So if they want to do something, he will understand that I'm doing this either for him and us or at least for me. So yeah. that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the ladies who watch the show will say, it was Idris Elba. I'd twirl too. Yeah, it, it, it's exactly. <laughs> PMF. Yeah, so. That, that PMF. Yeah, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, so Avon comes from around back, and Avon says, yo, I need to talk to you, uh, D'Angelo, because we need to talk about what just happened, because, you know, he just got bailed out. But but also, he, he he's just like, this is the second time he's gotten bailed out, and like less than, what, a week? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, he's 
he needs to talk to him because yeah. he didn't really talk to him after the first time. They kind of touched on it. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, this happened. We need to sit down and have a chit chat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Avon asks him, "What what happened? What were you doing down there in the first place?" And D'Angelo explains how he got picked up, and they went down. And then he goes on to explain. He was your name, Stringer, Weebay, Savino, Peanut. You know a lot of names. You know a lot. But you ain't say nothing? <laughs> Shit, man, I don't know nothing. Well, why was you writing that? You know, they was talking about the man who got killed and his kids. They asked me to write. What you got to do with them, D? Yeah, that's what I said. Then they started crying about how the kids ain't doing so good, so, you know, I'm like, it ain't gonna hurt for me to say I'm sorry the man got killed. The fuck you gotta say you sorry? Motherfuckers try to put your ass in a stunt. Yeah, but it didn't turn out that way. You know, so I'm saying, it's a shame that y'all... I'm saying, it's a shame what happened to that man, all right? Because he wasn't doing nothing but coming off the elevator when I was doing that thing that I was doing. What'd you think? Cuz. About what? I'm saying, what you think about what happened to the man? You think we killed him, motherfucker? Speak your mind. Man, I don't know. Exactly. You don't know and you don't need to know. And if we did, we had a reason. And if we didn't, we had a reason. But either way, you ain't got shit to do with it. It ain't on you, cuz. You feel me? It ain't on you. This is the, I guess, the most blatant way that the audience first sees that D'Angelo Barksdale. We've been, the whole while, you, you were kind of suspicious that this guy isn't built to be in this game. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's really not built that way. Not at all. Yeah, and, but, but, but it was also, you can see that it's family talking as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the way that, that D'Angelo is interacting, responding with him based on his... Uh, level in the profession and in the game and where he worked ranks in that organization some of the things that he said could get him knocked out he could be dead by now yeah. well yeah. i think i think there's a good chance a very good chance that if he was not part of the family he would be gone yeah i i, I believe that is the case because yeah. he might have been gone when he got acquitted yeah because because he just was somebody who was just a liability yeah he's sloppy yeah he's sloppy and a liability yeah he's and they would have gotten rid of him but especially if he allows himself to be taken into the police and then he's going to start putting pen to paper, that mm-hmm. guy's got to go. And that was after, once again, that's why they would have killed him if he was somebody else after they got him out, after he was acquitted. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. And if he didn't make it, he would have got killed in jail, though. I know that for a fact. Right. Yeah. 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 So. so we get the, the final will wind up with Herc Carver and Prince Belusky. Who these guys should not oh, ever be. Gosh, they should man. never be allowed to be together without some type of supervision. That yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, and yeah. and and also, they should have really been checking on them after midnight, making sure that they were nowhere <laughs> in the vicinity. If you're gonna yeah. drink, be be someplace else. But, yeah, but these, they, th- this is when you said Lauren Hardy yeah. becomes the, the three students. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they and they drink beer. They get a, what looks to be like a twelve pack, might have been more. Yeah, and they're uh, under a bridge 
And I think they got a case, man. I think they had a it case. It might have been a case. It might have been a case. Might have been a case. Yeah. But uh, they got were under a bridge in Baltimore. Nothing good happens under bridges in Baltimore. And they're <laughs> and they're drinking. And, even conversations, man. And yeah, <laughs> even conversations. And Herc, who's always the instigator, Herc says, "Man, we need to go." Just what are we doing? If he, you know, the question is, what are we doing with all this investigation? It's like stuff? they were talking. It's like first you got Prismaluski, listen to Carver. And they and just Herc is just drinking and it's just building up this this animosity. He's yeah. like, we're hearing this. We're gonna fucking do something about it, right? And, and like you said, they're drinking beers, yeah, under a bridge, under the bridge in Baltimore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they they decide with Herc's. Uh, Herc had the idea. Let's roll up to the towers. Mm-hmm. Let's bust a few heads. And let's go get some information about what's really going on. Because what we're doing with all these picture taken and standing on the roof with Kima and all that, we're not getting, that's no real police work. Yeah, yeah. So what they do is they drive up to the towers with American woman blasting on the on the radio. That's what, that's, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that, that and, was a trip. And, that uh, was a trip. And they start, you know, busting heads, like you said. You know, they start laying people down, kicking them, asking them questions. And, uh, you know, people, that was the towers, understand. So people are looking down from their balconies saying, or in the windows, talking about, hey, what y'all doing here? Leave them people alone. Yeah, it's like, like and you know what? They're like trying to give them a chance. Yeah. They're like, you know, look, we know you're the cops. Right. We know that we if we do something to you, something's going to happen with right. us. Right. Yet, right. then they start to realize right. more that these guys are out there drunk. These cops are. Yeah, yeah. Continue, my friend. It's two in the morning. It's two a.m. Because you know, trust me, they people are yelling at the cops Mm. at twelve noon out of those out of those towers. Anyway, they're always going to be yelling profanities at them. But now it's two a.m. They look down, they see them kicking people and doing things they have no business doing. Right. And so, in the midst of this, Presbaluski takes his gun and pistol whips this kid in the eye. Right, hit him right in the left eye. Hit him in the eye. Yeah, hit him badly. I mean, he guy is injured, bleeding, and people see this from the towers, and things start raining down on them. Yeah, they first start throwing like rocks and bricks, rocks. but that didn't last long. Right, right. That that, that the rocks and bricks. Yeah, the rocks and yeah, bricks. Yeah, that didn't last long and, at all. And then wow, then the bullets started flying. Big down time. There. Yeah, yeah, big time. So they have to call in for backup. Yeah. And the next time we see this car. <laughs> In the next scene, the car is burnt out. Yo, not not just burnt out. It looked like it, it looked like it had been burnt out from like years and years ago because it was just shining. But yet, yeah, but but then when Daniels pulls up, yeah. and he breaks down the 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 damage report in a way that we're like, damn, that is kind of deep. He's out of now. He's out of what of a car? Yeah, he's he's out of what two two uh. Two uh, vests, two bulletproof yeah, Kev- vests, Kevlar vests, yeah. uh, two two walkie-talkies, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff, and you're sitting yeah. there like, yeah, they're strapped for uh, resources yeah. already. Yeah, Herc yeah. Herc got hit in the head with something, yep. so he's got it. He's out for two weeks going to medical. Yep, and they got this kid who's now in the emergency room in the hospital mm. who is has a serious injury. Yeah, real serious injury, and they got people that report um, that uh, that reported. Right. Well, they got witnesses for this. You know, it's funny. They got, it was real easy to get witnesses against the cops on this, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they did it. They might, they were on stage. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, a gag. I would say this is maybe the third big scene in the episode at the very end when Daniels 
talks to the three of them and asks them what they were doing there at 2 a.m. when they hadn't been ordered to be down there. At all. At all. At all, yeah. So what kind of information did you get out of what was it worth all of this, this all of this destruction, all of these casualties, what happened? And they they have nothing to say. And for what? Lieutenant, we thought... What did you learn when you went into the terrace at 2 in the morning to conduct field interviews? What valuable information did we acquire from this situation? Our ID is going to be on all three of you by afternoon. And if you don't get a story straight by then, you're going to have a file thick enough to see the light of a trial board. Now tell me, who cold-cut the kid? Me. Why? He pissed me off. No, Officer Prisbeluski, he did not piss you off. He made you fear for your safety and that of your fellow officers. I'm guessing now, but maybe. He was seen to pick up a bottle and menace officers Hauk and Carver, both of whom had already sustained injury from flying projectiles. Rather than use deadly force in such a situation, maybe you elected to approach the youth, ordering him to drop the bottle. Maybe when he raised the bottle in a threatening manner, you used a kill light, not the handle of your service weapon to incapacitate the suspect. Go practice. You fuck the bullshit up when you talk to internal. I can't fix it. You're on your own. He this, corrects him. This, this is a breakdown. This is where, this is, I think, the first time in the series where you see Daniels is a professional police. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not, before he was just like a school teacher. Before he was just like keeping everybody in line. Right. You know, do this, do that. This is where you see Daniels like, no, he didn't piss you off. And he gives him the scenario that he has to tell internal affairs so that he won't be brought up on charges for doing what exactly what he did do mm-hmm. was hit this kid in the head pretty much unprovoked. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it really was. And and that's what the witnesses can corroborate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got to they gotta squash this and some man and Daniels gets right on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, you got to get your story straight. And now we're going to go to the, I said it was the last scene, but it wasn't quite the last scene. We'll go down. Daniels is... He was having dinner with his wife. Yeah. And he was telling his wife just what kind of kind of pickle he's in. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is why I, we I was waiting for this part. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that earlier, how yeah. he's trying to make major, and now he's got this case thrown at him, and he's got this guy, McNulty, who is a live wire, who is going, he's breaking chain of command. Mm-hmm. I can't control him. Right. And there's the pressures coming from up above to go get this guy who's this kingpin. We don't even know. You know, I don't know. He kind of throws like basically, I don't know what to do, but I don't like right. being in this situation. Right, right. So he's talking to his consigliere, his right. wife. Yeah, right. Right. yeah. And she breaks it down for him. What does she say? She basically tells him, she says, well. You should have hung them. I hang them, I hang myself. I'm the man in charge, remember? Besides, you don't give your people up to IID. You don't do that. Even if they put a 14-year-old kid into critical care, This case is just 
Get out of it. How do I do that? I don't know. But you can't lose if you don't play. I always heard it that you can't win if you don't play. The department puts you in a case it doesn't want. You're giving people that are useless or untrustworthy. Correct. If you push too hard and any shit hits the fam, you'll be blamed for it. Correct. If you don't push hard enough and there's no arrest, you'll be blamed for that too. Correct. The game is rigged, but you cannot lose if you do not play. That 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 particular scene with his uh his uh, wife telling him that is significant, and as you see how things play after the incident at the tower. So yeah. that's my that's my uh, take on it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a key scene. It's one to kind of file away because uh, his wife does she's his constabulary, like you said, and uh, she does come to be a factor. Mm-hmm. She's not a major player, but she's yeah. a factor in this series. Yeah. So let's take a break here, right. and uh, we'll come back and tell you a little bit about this wine we've been enjoying mm-hmm. in a minute. All right. So what are we drinking today, my man? Yeah, well, this is an unusual wine for me. I'm not really a rosé person, but this is a really, this is a dry rosé first. You know, a lot of times when people, there have been a lot of dry rosés that have shown up within the last five, ten years. But usually when people think of rosé, they think of more of a, uh, I won't call it fruity, but uh, a lighter, whiter side wine. Okay. This is more of a red alternative, I think. Uh, this is a 2019 rosé from Boxwood Winery, again, from Middleburg, Virginia. It's a dry pink. Um, it's a blend of 33% Cabernet Sauvignon, 30% Cab Franc, 8% Petit Verdot, mm-hmm. 17.5% Merlot, and 11.5% Malbec. And it's, it's, it's good, I think. What do you, how do you like it? I like it for shrimp. I like it for chilling out in the back there, smoking the shrimp and all that with the with the, with the fam, especially yeah. with the wife. Yeah, it's a it's a nice, comfortable wine. Yeah, not a go to for me. However, right. depending on the situation, like when we sit here chilling out, when we're talking about conversation, it's great. I'm just thinking about the things that I would love to have with it because it is very enjoyable. So yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. it's a picnic wine. There you go. Boom, there you go. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect for that. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, you nailed it for me. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a summer wine for sure. Definitely. It's a su- Definitely. summer wine for sure, but it's always good to have, you know, a bottle of this around, even if it's something that you don't normally drink, if you're going to take it to someone's cookout. Someone, you know, you know, that's true. This definitely, you would definitely want to have this for somebody's cookout. They would be like, wow, thanks. This is a. Yeah, it would be an added pleasure to anybody's cookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good wine. So uh, if you have a chance, if you're a, a listener who's in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and you drive down to Middleburg, which is a trip that I would recommend to anybody, it's a, it's a beautiful country down there. Make your you know see if you can make your way over to uh, Boxwood Winery. Uh, they're now just now because you know everything's been closed up because of the pandemic. But, uh, you know, I think Virginia is now going into phase two. 
And they, yeah, that starts tomorrow. That starts tomorrow. So yeah. they have, they will yeah. have some limited tasting hours. I would, you know, recommend that you go on the website, go on the good old internet, and uh, see when they'll be open and when you could go visit. But yeah, what I'm seeing with a lot of places in uh in Northern Virginia, especially wineries and restaurants, as they're um, <clears throat> starting this reopening phase, they're still keeping things limited because they really want to make sure that their guests and their patrons are protected. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are having it so that you schedule when you come by. So right. definitely yeah. go check out their website and yeah. see what they got going on. Yeah, I don't on. know if you have to... I, they may... They may do it. I'm not saying yeah. that they do. I'm no. just saying it's good to check the website yeah, no. to see how their, their protocol is going to be so that everybody can patron and and really partake and we can all make sure that we can all still stay safe. So Absolutely. Yeah, so... That's Absolutely. where we're at. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, that's our wine for the day. And uh, we'll be getting back. Notice to how the- we start slurring <laughs> as, a, as the, the show goes on. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. But we're smiling, though. We're smiling. Yeah. But we're also slurring. So you know, take us back to where we were at uh, prior to the wine break, the yeah. necessary wine break. So. So we're back now, and I wanted to talk about a couple of the themes of this particular episode, at least. Not that there is a main theme. There are a lot of themes that run through the wire consistently. Uh, Should we play the theme to the Avengers since you said this was the, (laughs) uh, since this is the detail, we see how they bring the the crew together. Should we play that that theme music right here? Uh, Like you said, that's kind of overstating it. Like you said, that's kind of overstating it, you know. Uh, I don't know if the Keystone Cops had a... Uh, More like underdog in his crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, uh, yeah, definitely an odd collection of characters, mm, you know. To say and, the least. Yeah, odd collection of characters. Mm. But to, to on that theme, you know, I do think what stood out to me is that, and it's called The Detail, is about teamwork, how teamwork works as opposed to working by yourself or being a free agent. Or just not communicating with people, mm. you know, and you can see the, the the what works and what doesn't work. Now, I've made a little list here of what I thought worked. What worked, even though we said it was not a collection of characters, is that they do have a team together now. Yeah, yeah, they do have a team together now. I mean, uh, uh, although it's still, it's like the bad news bears coming together. <laughs> I, I mean, I yeah. mean, really, it's like yeah. it's like the bad news bears. We and we and you know the bad news bears ends up good. Yeah, but, they, they but, do win the game. Yeah, yeah. so so you you're starting to see like, damn, how are they going to get this job done? Right. So yeah, right. that's what we have with this crew. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you you know there are little bits and pieces that happen during this episode where you see right. people going off and doing their own thing, and it doesn't end up well. Like when McNulty goes and talks to the judge again. It doesn't end up well. We'll we'll find out next episode why that right. wasn't a good move, but it's just not a good move to go off and, and do. And it's the very thing he was being criticized for already. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's that's what he's known for. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Daniel's already doesn't trust him, and others don't trust him because they see him as somebody who breaks chain of command, as they say. Yeah, and that's and, and that that's against the code right there. Right, right. Um, now. Teamwork again, and you mentioned it when we got to the interrogation scene. Not only do you see Bunk and McNulty working together in a rhythm, right? I I, I understand it's a scripted show. Okay, I get it that they're just reading lines, but they yeah, work. They, they they work it. However, they yeah. did the script. Yeah. I think they 
I think as they were going through this, I probably feel that they maybe maybe filmed this maybe three or four times because they're going through this and the play off each other is like you said, it's brilliant because right. first of all, Kima's just sitting back watching, taking notes. Right. She's respecting the game. Right. But not only that, is how they're able to get this particular suspect so relaxed right. Right. that he feels like he's part of the crew. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and write them right. a note, tell them how bad right. you know I feel for them losing their their, their father and all right. that. Yeah. The, yeah. the other thing I thought was, was funny, it, it, t- it shows a lot about how these guys, Bunk and McNulty, have worked together for a while. They have a rhythm together. Now, Bunk may have done this in the past. Who knows? But when Bunk shows D'Angelo those, the picture of the kids, <laughs> we, as, we as an audience, we as an audience, I thought it was Gant's kids too. Right, right, right. You look, we I mean? did, I, I like, look, I'm like, dang. <laughs> yeah. but for, this is what I was thinking during that whole scene. They're breaking down this. I said, damn, he was a deacon at the church? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, he's all this? All that. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm believing it. I'm feeling it too. And then now, they break out the kids? Yeah. Now, make, yeah. But now now we know now, McNulty <laughs> knows those are Bunk's kids on that, on that thing. And he doesn't flinch. That's what I think is so cool. Like later on, you realize how well these guys have been working together. Yeah, and they've done, and they've probably done that before. Yeah, and they, yeah. Put, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, so that's a that's a an example of the teamwork and stuff. Now, again, uh, people going off and doing their own thing mm-hmm. is Carver and Herc and Presbalewski going to the towers. <sighs> you know, not only was hold it on, a- man, hold, let me take a <laughs> sip real quick, man. Hold up, because look, first of all. Going back to them drinking, nothing good. What did you say earlier in the episode? Nothing good is going to happen. Yeah, under a Drink, bridge. Drinking under a bridge. Yeah, in, in Baltimore. Mm. Okay, why do you want to? Why do you want to keep that drunk mentality that you were talking about under the bridge and take it to the tower? Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, in Herc, you know, Herc's point of view, that's police work. That's that's their expectation. That's yeah. what they vision as being yeah. a police officer. Yeah, going there, busting heads. Throwing your weight around, yeah, 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 yeah. and you'll and that will be evidenced as we go on in the series. The the Herc Carver method <laughs> of policing mm. is is doing that. Arresting look, people. Look, <laughs> I can already see them on Sesame Street. Yeah. Don't do what we do. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, they do. So, um, and there's two other examples. One when Bodie left when McNulty and Bunk came down to the pit and went and got Stringer and them, mm-hmm. that's what, that's working as a team. Yeah. Bodie yeah. understands that, you know, this is what you do. Unlike D'Angelo, who doesn't ever really seem, I mean, he, he gets the team thing. Bodie is built for this. Yeah, Bodie's built for Bodie is built for but this. But D'Angelo is not. No. Nah. And it shows like, okay, he's listening. He'll listen. Bodie listen to him when he's breaking things down. And then he realized he needed to leave once, you know, uh, Bunk and McNulty were starting to do their thing. He right. broke out. Right. However, he didn't just break out and leave. He broke out and reached out to String and said, Absolutely. look, this is what's happening right now. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Absolutely. But D'Angelo doesn't do that. Like, the, <clears throat> even though D'Angelo went with them at the point where, you know, it, it made sense for him to go with them and they said, no, no, we're going, you're going to go with us. <clears throat> the first thing he should have done when he got to the precinct is said, I got to make a phone call. Yeah, yeah. First yeah. thing. That's the first thing. That's the first Period. thing he should have done. Yeah. And he didn't do that at all. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't even call. I mean, the attorney showed up because of Stringer, not because of D'Angelo. Yeah. So it's. it's he, he told them to call his lawyer. Right. They said, yeah, we called him. And he ain't called Jack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we ain't called Jack. Look, we here to talk to you. Right. Yeah. You, and, and like you said, he could leave if he wants, but. 
Yeah. He's not even looking at it that way. <laughs> no. All right, you ready to go to the categories? Ready Break it down. I'm All ready. Right. I'm ready for these categories. Okay. So, what was your favorite scene in the in the episode? My my favorite scene uh, after watching it once again, it goes back to the quote. It goes back to the quote. Before I used to think it was a different, you know, different scene, but right now I'm looking at that quote with his wife. Mm-hmm. The whole sitting down with his wife, trying to figure out. You start to see things change. You start to see in a way, okay, he needs to approach this in a different way. And she broke down how he needed to approach it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Base, you got to change the game up. You know how this works. You need to change things up so it can work for you. They, you got to make sure you're playing your game mm-hmm. to get through this. And and just talking about you can't lose if you don't play the game. I just thought that was dope. I mean, I just thought that was dope, just yeah. how she broke that down. And it, and it makes sense. And and you start to see Daniels, his actions after that, that he really depends on his wife for input on how he should do this job. And I think we'll find out later why he does so. But, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was dope. That's that's probably my favorite scene right yeah. there. I got a couple of others, but that's that's my probably favorite scene right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, well, mine is probably one of your others. I mean, mine's the chicken nugget scene. I can't. <laughs> that, that that'll go down in history for me. All right, I can give what you uh, yeah. you know, D'Angelo. I like how they build up the way it's written. You know, you got Wallace and Poot build this guy up to be like this genius of industry mm-hmm. and then D'Angelo just breaks it down he just, he just destroys their and dreams he, on that <laughs> he does he, he just destroys their <laughs> dreams they're, they're like they're like you know yeah he probably made a bit they're like he ain't get paid jack yeah. and then what and what does Wallace say after he breaks all that down yeah. he said believe still have the idea though He's a, he's a, still, still a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love that, man. Yeah, yeah that, and I was like, you know what? He's right. Look, it's like Wallace acknowledges, okay, damn, you bursted our bubble. However, still yeah, a good, good still a good idea, yeah, though. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. Like you said, that's what makes the show so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what was uh, was there anything? <laughs> this is a good, good episode to ask this question. Was there anything that you thought was unbelievable? What in the show? It's, and it's very realistic. D'Angelo show. writing a damn letter. That's I'm like, and, and just, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, bro, ham. Yeah, bro, ham. Yeah, bruh, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like that's why, that's why you got demoted. Yeah, you know. Yeah, doing something like that, you don't yeah. need to be saying Jack, and you're dependent. Yeah, 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 that right there. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree. And then and disagree. Okay, I'm right. gonna agree. Yes, it is. It's 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 like, bro, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that somebody would actually do that. And I don't know if anyone would actually do that. But I do know this: that most of the time in these types of cases, all right, somebody does something boneheaded, and that sets it off. I mean, somebody inevitably does something where you're like. I can't believe they did that. Now this, now that letter, and this isn't a big spoiler. I'll just say that letter isn't the thing that breaks the case wide open. Mm-hmm. But it certainly helps the police see that D'Angelo isn't very good at. It doing allows this. the case to continue yeah, with, with, to with a little bit, with a little bit more of a like, hmm, you might have something there. Yeah, and it's not as look, skeptical as it was before. And they know that they can focus on this guy because not only is he related to the target 
but he is obviously not that good at this game. <laughs> yeah, not so, you, you think? Yeah, you, you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not good that good at all. Yeah. Okay, so who gets the Simon Adebisi Award for the baddest MF on the tier for this episode? Daniels. Or the MVP could be just the MVP. I, 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 would, I would give it to Daniels. Yeah, Daniels because yeah. he. You know, he, he keeps the crew together. He understands what he needs to do. He understands how the upper um, the upper heads are playing it against him and and maybe also for him, but he also knows what he needs to do. And maybe just getting Presbulewski on my side and also getting everybody else to kind of feel that, hey, look, I'm going to work in the best interest of us, but you got to work with me. Also, my, he's, maybe he was doing it also to kind of show McNulty, trust me more. Yeah. Trust me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I definitely would have to say that's the one for me. Yeah. Now, I, I, I agree with you there. I'll give it to Daniels simply for his little speech to Principal Lewski at the end about your, his alibi. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your alibi because, straight. Yeah, he rips that off. Then he like just pimps off. He's you know? like, get that shit straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I, I like the way he comes back at him and says, "No, he did not piss you off." No, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah, say he's like he said, "No, he did not piss you off." Yeah, you feared for your safety. Yeah, did you? You might have already said it. Do you have a favorite line in this? That something that. Yeah. You resonated. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's the quote. It's yeah. the quote. Yeah, yeah I mean I the, the quote just says it all because the quote kind of encapsulate. I mean, just just brings everything together in terms of like, hey, yeah, you know what? This is what you got to do. It, it really defines how the detail is staying is going to stay together. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know yeah. you can't you can't lose if you don't play the game. Play yeah. your own game on this. Yeah, yeah. Change change the rules. I mean, that was dope. Yeah, that was dope. Your uh, your choice is is much deeper than mine. Okay, mine is he got the bone all the way out the chicken. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You yeah. love you love the teaching moment, yeah. which I can dig. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, you lo- that. I can dig that. The teaching that. moment. You you sitting there looking at them and and you listening to them because, like you said, they thought that shit was genius. Yeah, they yeah. thought that man, this yeah. dude's got to be paid somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> So was there was there any uh, old school gear or anything any tech or anything that you would want to like rock today or you're sorry went away or anything like that? Like I said, I'm starting to see these tie clips up in here again. Yeah, and I'm seeing yeah. the tie clips that I'm I'm tripping off of that. Started to bring that back. And once again, D'Angelo definitely knows how to match his Tims. Yeah, <laughs> D'Angelo's got me to the point where I'm really like, dang, I got to get Tims in this color, this color, yeah. this color. I mean, he's he he he's flossing with that. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely yeah. flossing with yeah. that. He, yeah, he thinks too much about that. I think. Um, so, <laughs> is there <laughs> was there any music that you heard that you uh, brought back some memories you kind of liked? Not, nothing that really stood out to me. Yeah. But what's something that maybe stood out to you though? Well, it, it was like that got to give it up at the uh, when they were at the picnic. Oh yeah, situation. well yeah, well, well Marvin, yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of yeah. that kind of set the tone for what what the scene was like. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah I go with you on that. Yeah, yeah, Marvin Gaye's got to give it up. Always rocks, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I was, uh, you know, rewatching this, and you mentioned it before with uh, the job ja rule and all this stuff. It's just interesting hearing some of these songs I've never heard. I haven't heard in old, like years. In a minute, yeah, yeah. yeah haven't heard yeah. in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does make you want to be like, all right, all right. I'm with that. I'm with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on that, okay. man. So, yeah. 
did we miss anything? Is there anything you wanted to mention that I, I, I don't about? think we really missed anything. What I, I what I what what I, I hope people are paying attention to is just just the 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 step by step as as you see things move along from the first episode to the second episode and how how the characters you're starting to see a lot more of their personalities throughout. Mm-hmm. You really, really saw because going back to like how Kima he was just listening. Mm-hmm. When when they get ready to start the interrogation and Daniels is trying to figure out, okay, is this legit? How are you gonna play it and all that? And and, and the way that Kima is like respectful of Daniels, but also respectful of how Bunk and and McNulty are gonna play. She doesn't interrupt any of that. Right. So you start to really see how she is able to be extremely professional by respecting others. But not only respecting others, but also observing and asking questions. Yeah. I do want to mention McNulty. McNulty's living like a beast, yo, in his apartment. His apartment is foul. Trash. Man. Yeah. I was like, dude. <laughs> it's kind of shocking. I mean, it's a, McNulty's spot is a pit stop, man. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. It's a pit stop. It's and, a pit stop. And That's he it. is separated from his wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one reason that could be given for it being that way is because he really doesn't want to make get comfortable there you know what i mean like he's he's there but he's not trying to make it home oh that's deep in you other know? words he's like it's like a way of saying to himself like i know i'm not gonna be his wife and right you know i know right. that she's got to work it out and deal with her emotions and all right. this and eventually i'm gonna be back right i yeah. think he wants you know he still wears his wedding ring yeah i noticed that yeah he, he, still- he wore when he went to go see the counselor but yeah. we'll talk about that later but uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right, well, look, this is the uh, one of the most important parts of the show. This is when we would like to ask you guys to subscribe to the show and wherever you listen to it, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And also rate us. Give us a rating. We need some feedback. We, yeah. we want to know how we're doing, what we you'd like us to do, or what you want us to stop maybe doing. I don't know. Let us know. Right, right, yeah, we're good. We're good with it. We, we, we take criticism well. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Because we want to be... We want to be the best. And listen, <laughs> uh, you can reach us by email. Now you can email Aaron at couch, like the sofa, C-O-U-C-H, at vino and A-N-D convo.com. That's V-I-N-O-A-N-D-C-O-N-V-O.com. Or you can reach me by email at Fletch, F-L-E-T-C-H, at vino and convo.com. And if you send us it, look, if you have any opinion about The Wire or, or something you want to talk about, we're happy to read that email on the air. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, in fact, yeah. we, we're encouraging that type of response so that we can share your thoughts with the audience. If you have, uh, it, also, you can reach us by social media on Twitter. It's at VinoConvo, V-I-N-O-C-O-N-V-O. It's the same for all three, for Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We haven't made any TikToks yet. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think you're going to see any of us. I don't, I don't think you're going to see any TikTok yeah, from us. Yeah, but yeah, we yeah. might, you know, might, you know, talk a little about the wire or maybe give you a little preview of an episode or something on TikTok. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but but yeah, we we are all TikToked out. But <laughs> but we, you know, I'm just saying we'll we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. Listen, if you know of a winery or a brewery in the DMV or even a distillery that you think we should highlight on the show, 
reach uh, reach out to us. Let us know. We would love to uh, sample what they have and and let everyone know about it. That's we what definitely would love to sample an entire bottle of yeah. what they have. Yeah, absolutely. An entire bottle. So, yeah, yes, so, yes. so shoot us an email. Yes. And also, if you're listening from another part of the world and you there's a particular beverage that you would like us to mention, you know, please reach out to us. We'll figure out a way for you to send it to us. And we will also talk about that beverage on the show. Yes, yes, yes. So we we talking outside of wine, like maybe rum from like Guatemala, like my favorite, Ron Zacapa. We can get them to send us something. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But first, we really want to focus on local wineries as well in in, um, Virginia, Maryland, and we don't have any wineries we know of yet in D.C., correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. And, you know, finally, we'd like, we'd love for somebody to come on the show and join us in this discussion. So if you live in the uh, Washington metropolitan area and you like the wire and you like adult beverages, this is the place for you. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So, yeah. Uh, Got anything else? Nope. That's it. And hopefully we get, uh, See all of you subscribing, and please make sure you tell your family and friends about us as well. All right. Well, join us next time. We'll be on episode three. That is the, what, what is it, the target? The target. Yeah, that is the, hold up. Let me verify. Yep. The, no, no, no. The, the buys. The, oh, yeah, the buys. The, the buys. Okay. Man. We already did the target, my man. The target yeah. was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. buys. So, the buys, yeah. anyway, so watch the show. Watch uh, the episode, and we'll see you next week. All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Okay. All right, well, are we ready? We're We're ready. ready. We're ready. (laughs) We're ready. ready. All right. Welcome to the V... I'm going to say it again, so I'm going to start. Are we ready? (laughs) We're ready. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the Vino and Convo... Pop say that again. I want you to say. I want you to say welcome. I want you to be talking directly into the mic. All right. I don't want you leaning back. All right. I want you. That's why I want you. I want you in the sweet spot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. This has been another episode of Vino and Convo with Fletch and Couch. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs>